0: when We you know, after all the stuff with whatever we went through with Donald, and I ended up with the band, and we had a deal on fantasy. And uh, we went through a couple of producers, we went through Diodato, uh, it didn't work with him because they were trying to recreate Cool in the Gang with us, but that didn't work. It seemed then, like he
1: worked with almost every former funk 70s band I mean, can function, it's mm-hmm. like this long line all yeah. trying to replicate like the Cool in the Gang success, right? Exactly,
0: <laughs> and and it didn't happen. Uh, so we ended up with George Duke, you know, and of course he was a, was a fantastic musician, a wonderful singer, but did not come from the same cloth we came from. Okay. And it didn't, it, the, what we were used to was just going in, man, and just playing, you know, and not really thinking about it to where he has a certain formula, that 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 works for him, you know, where he's comfortable, uh, and he's he's a, a stickler about doing it over and over and over and over again, um, and so some of the recording concepts were challenged, to put it mildly, and it was at the time very stressful because the record did not meet the record company's expectation. It really didn't meet ours. You know, and not to say that it was bad or good or whatever. It and we're just, talking
1: about Better Days. Now, better right?
0: Days. Yeah. yeah, Better Days. 1980. Yeah. we. It, it just, and we had uh, Kenny Gamble and then gave us a couple of tunes, you know, uh, Do You Want to Dance from uh, Bell, and, Bell and James. Uh, it was clean. The horns—that's Jerry Hay and Seawind—and them back there playing all these slick horns. Sheila Escovedo's on the record. Uh, I mean, you know, it's—it's an—it's a clean record, but it didn't sound like the Blackbirds, okay? And I had a lead singer, was a friend of mine from Baltimore, James Garrett. He sang most of the lead. I sang two or three songs. Uh, uh, what we have is right, and uh, what was um, love don't strike twice in the same way, and all. I mean, so. If you had said this was another group, the record would have been much more successful. Because the songs were cool. I don't think the music was was, was a problem. It's just that the identity of the Blackbirds had somehow gotten lost. Well, not lost, but it just changed. You know? And and unfortunately, in this business, change is not always good. You know? And uh, so... That record didn't really do well, but believe it or not, shows you how things go around. It, they loved that record in Europe. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't know what to say. Lonely for your love, you know. Uh, the, the, you know, without your love, you know. So, you know, at the time it was what it was. Now it's something else, and we played when we play lots of material off there. Uh, the last recording that we did which is gotta fly um which i solely produced on my label uh kind of brought back some of that blackbird kind of feeling you know time to celebrate gotta fly uh, um.
1: yeah now that was 2012 yeah. how did you get uh some of the original guys back together for that or well we we've
0: been, we've been playing together since 99 well like i said 99 a friend of mine called me from england and said hey man what do you think about putting the blackbirds back together i said cool let's do it so we went over and we played at a club in england called the jazz cafe and of course it was the original members joe and orville and myself along with sam smith singing a young pianist by the name of, uh, of janelle gill and a saxophone by the player by the name of marshall keys and we went to the UK. We played for a week at the Jazz Cafe. And so, you know, it it started feeling good. And so we started doing more gigs. Quite a few, uh, I've got a lot of connections in Europe. So and basically through playing with the, the Jazz Cats that I used to play with. So we, we, we've gone back and forth to England and Germany and Spain and Italy and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, in 90, I mean, in 2000, and 10 you know um i decided let's go in the studio and record some music so we went in um, studio in, in not, not far from where i live and we recorded tracks and you know, everybody contributed music to it all and joe and then i just hooked up back up with alan so um he uh, said, I said, hey man, you know, when you are coming down here to do this record. He said, Oh, yeah, sure, absolutely. So I keep he called me up the other day. I mean, a couple of days later, I said, Hey man, I got this song, man. I want you to do it. I mean, let's let's do it. So it wasn't a track. It wasn't a uh, garage band. It was just him singing this bass line. Boom, 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 boom. And that's all he that's all I had and he sent me the, some words. And so I took what he gave me and turned it in, we turned it into Gotta Fly. And I wrote the bridge to it and we put the words on it. And it was a real fun thing, and he, you know, he's a great writer, and great, you know, uh, flute um, musician saxophone player and all that. So um, that's how Gotta Fly came about. Joe wrote some songs, cause Joe has a studio in his house. So he transferred the tracks and we put the vocals on them and did this. Uh, the engineer Rob Fulson had a track that he won that he and I collaborated on, so we did that. Uh, so and I wanted to do um, "Someday We'll Be Free" from Donnie Hathaway, so we did that. And, you know, it was a it was a very fun record. I, I you know I, I, had, I had a great time producing it and, 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 and recording.
1: Of course, "Got to Fly" is from a lyric uh, throwback. Got to fly now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, how come Kevin Tony didn't become part of that?
0: Well, Kevin was doing his own thing. Uh, I he was invited, but he you know he didn't he, he didn't it it didn't fit what he wanted to do or how he wanted to do it. So you know you know he's he's played with us several times. You know in that configuration. You know we've had some concerts here, different places, but basically he's on the West Coast. You know, and, you know, he, he's, he does his thing his way. So, and we do ours, ours, and so it's all good.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's been happening with the group since then? I know you've done a number of, you know, shows, I guess, mostly overseas. Um, mm-hmm. What What's happening in that area?
0: Well, what we're doing right now, we're getting ready to go over to um, England. Uh, in two weeks, we're playing at the uh, Across the Tracks um, Festival. And Brixton, England.
1: Yeah, Shaka uh, Khan's on that.
0: Yeah, Shaka Khan, Motherese, and the Vandellas, and somebody, some other. All the Jurassic Park folks, and uh, you know, just go and play some music, and have some fun. I got a lot of friends in Brixton, so I'm gonna have a blast. <laughs> you know.
1: What about uh, any possibility of of shows uh, domestically, or?
0: Yeah, well, we're playing. Uh, we're doing. The Lake Arbor Jazz Festival, which is July 14th, that is going to be at the at Bowie Center for the Performing Arts uh, out in Bowie, Maryland, and then we're playing at the 9:30 Club in September, uh, and we are doing Bethesda Blues and Jazz in November.
1: How do today's shows differ from a Blackbird show, you know, back in the 70s, would you say? Well, I'm the band leader now. <laughs> That's the biggest difference. <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, you know, it, you know, it, you know we, we've always played, man. You know, we, we like to play, you know, uh, and it, it, it's really, the, the difference is that we actually play this stuff better now than we did then. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and uh, it. it I don't know if you could say it has more meaning. I don't know if that's the correct adage, but it, it it's, you know, I mean, this is this is it, baby. You know, I mean, the time is not going backwards. It's going mm-hmm. forward. You know, and so uh, my philosophy is that every time I'm up on that bandstand, it could be your last. So instead of worrying about all that, just play, you know, and play the music that, and then we rehearse really well, and, you know, you know, I've got a little bit of choreography. We we're mixing in there. and We're changing up some things here and that. Getting ready to record a couple of new tracks and that kind of thing. So I just want you know, I I, I want to be able to dictate to the music and not the music necessarily dictate to me. You know, we uh, you know, when you know we're not going to be the Eagles of Bruno Mars or anybody They're like that. So let's let let that go, and just deal with what we do best. You know, and enjoy it. That's the most, I think, more than anything else besides the passion that you put into your music, but that you actually really enjoy doing this because I'm tired of doing everything else. And playing is one of my greatest refuge from everything is to be up on that stage playing music.
1: So I haven't had the good fortune to be able to see you guys, um, you know, reunited. But um, the clips on YouTube, I mean, you guys sound great, you know.
0: I mean, you know, I mean, uh, Joe and Orville and, my, and myself, man, we've been playing together since the 11th grade in high school, you know, and um, there are some rhythm sections or there's some musicians that th- 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 us us three could walk in anywhere, pick up a guitar, bass, and a drum and play anything we wanted to play. And we wouldn't have to rehearse. We because we, we, we just know each other so well musically, man. I mean, and and, and we've developed, you know, our own thing. Because, if, you know, that the, if you listen to the, most of the Blackbird stuff, especially after, you know, we even starting with Regins and all that, the bass line, Joe Hall has the most incredible bass lines. And that formula... You know, with what I do, and you know, with the goofy stuff that I play, whatever, it somehow all locks together. You know, and 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 we and, you know we just have a blast doing it. So, you know. there's like a
1: unspoken connection, even you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's called, it's called mean, chemistry. You know. Yeah, it's chemistry. I mean, and 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 it's it's the blessing is that we've been able to stay alive this long and continue to do it. So.
1: Amen to that. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, did you, were you surprised of the enduring influence that the Blackbirds have had? I mean, um, you know, you talk about sampling through hip-hop, but also uh, all the stuff overseas with, you know, acid jazz movement and Northern soul and all that. Did you, were you surprised by that and how does it make you feel?
0: I, I mean, it was, it's always, you know, you know, it's always. Uh, complimentary, you know, it's always a, you know, a wonderful thing if somebody, if you, if you can move somebody with your music, I, you know, uh, I, I've met so many people over the last t- even 10 years, you know, uh, that say, man, you know, their whole band, they, they built their band off the black and I've heard a lot of my drum beats <laughs> you know, sampled all, all over the place. Uh, and then we've got, we've got about 2,500, 3,000 samples or something, whatever it is, I don't know. But I mean, I, I look at it as as in two ways. One it's a compliment, thank you very much. But also uh, that it keeps us alive. I mean, uh, that means our music is involved in the music that's that's being made now. You know, and even though it's not conceptually done the same way we did that, but if they thought it was enough of it to include it in what they're doing now, then it's only it's just just it's gravy for us. It's just a, it's a compliment, thank you very much. Appreciate mm-hmm. it, Ema.
1: Keith, looking back to your, your earlier days when you were uh, you know, in the in the throes of youth and and just sowing your oats with uh the band just getting out there and doing their thing. Uh is there one or two like memories that you have from from the road or from that whole period that you could share with us that are just kind of unforgettable?
0: Man, that's so many. How much time you got? No. Uh <laughs> Well, you know, in my memoirs that I'm writing, uh, there's some stories that I really can't talk about right now, but you'll, you'll read about. It. But um, one of the most memorable things we did, we, we played in um, Mobile, Alabama, uh, on the show with Marvin Gaye, the Silvers, and Kool and the Gang, and ourselves. And um, somehow, our equipment went to Mobile, Minnesota and we went to Mobile, Alabama. So, of course, when we get there, none of us suffers there. I mean, nothing. Not, well, not a mouthpiece, not a read, not a nothing. And cool in the gang, we, we had the same manager. Charlie Graziano, ABC Booking, was our, was our, uh, our manager at the time. Um, they basically gave us all of their equipment. I mean, mouthpieces, reeds, saxophones, drums, sticks, wow. bass, yeah, cool everything to play. And uh, that was—they uh, didn't have to do it, you know. It wasn't mandatory, you know. But shows, they're, their, they're, shows their character. Yeah, it certainly shows that they 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 certainly stepped in when when it was needed. And it was a great, fantastic show. I mean, of course, Marvin Gaye turned the whole joint out, but you know uh yeah, that was one of the most memorable one of the memorable moments that, that I could you know you know that that was clear that there was humility but and we were never we were never competitors ever at all
1: How, how would you describe uh bird as a personality, as a mentor, as a musical you know figure?
0: Uh, well, I mean, first of all, bird was an absolute. Giant of a musician long before we came along. Uh, and, you know, he, you know, you know listened to that uh, 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 Black Diamond with him and playing with, with Coltrane. And you'll know that he was one of the, the cats. And so he was, you know, Bert, Bert was a very complicated man. Uh, he was a father figure, a mentor, a disciplinarian, a jokester you know, a genius, I mean, he, he had a lot of sides to him. And, um, you know, our relationship was, was beautiful. I mean, you know, I mean, we, he knew what we didn't know. We had what he wanted. We had the youth, he had the knowledge and the money, okay? And so how do we put it together, those t- two elements? and create or synthesize them and create a new <laughs> element a new thing and that's pretty much what happened he brought in all the bebop and the the, the lines and the, the, the and the education and the doctorate the doctorates, and all the studies of boulanger and then, you know romare beardens and picassos and all that stuff. You know he brought all that culture and the afrocentricity to to to, uh, to it we brought the raw young boys that attract the young girls okay pretty much and the, uh, the music we cared more about playing than we cared about any of that you know and so he was able to take us because we were very obedient musicians whatever he said do that's what we did you know he said practice the line practice the line Everybody had to play the lines. I had to play them on piano and vibes. Uh, you didn't just play saxophone. You studied Jacques Bear, You studied all oh, the classical Vivaldi. and ba- it, We'd sing Bach chorales to warm up. You know, it was an absolute education on top of education. And, you know, I, I hung out with them. I would, I would go to the promotion meetings, the marketing meetings, you know, the people that are doing the posters and, you know, they had record stores in those days, peaches and tile records and all that stuff. And so learning the business from that part. So it, 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 it in, in totality, it was a complete education. You know, not only were students of the music at school at Howard, you know, studying that, but we were on the road with Donald studying that, you know, and learning how to hone our craft. And, um, i I'm sure there are other people who've experienced you know situations, but I know that that situation was probably one of the most unique that I could ever say ever wish upon another musician that could experience is to be with somebody with that much knowledge and that much power and and show you firsthand how this thing goes You know so
1: were you touch at all later in life later in his life, huh? Did you stay in touch at all later, up till later in his life? Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. Bird and I been—we were friends all the way to to, to to yeah, and his son and I are best friends too. So Donald Bird the third. Matter of fact, we worked—we're doing stuff together now. Um, no, Bird man, I, I I remember I remember one time I was I had my own band. I was playing at the Pori Jazz Festival. Uh, I had uh, Joanne Brackeen was playing piano and Marshall Hawkins on bass, and Bird got sick you know, and for whenever he had to go back, he had to go back to Europe. I'm mean, going to go back to New York. So I played in this place. He also had a series at the Cork and Art Gallery of Lectures uh, and he got, he didn't got sick, he didn't feel, you know, he didn't want to do it. So he called me, I said, like, Keith, man, come on, I need you to do these gigs for me, man. It's about 10 gigs. Uh, you know, it's good to money to bread school, don't worry about it. Da, 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 da. So I did 10, you know, galleries across the United States lecturing on jazz history you know so we we stayed in touch i mean i, I i'm a you know i'm not a, a, a what do you call it i mean i i'm not a sneaky guy i'm a pretty upfront guy you know i'm trustworthy and you know i just want to learn you know i just want to be i want to be where i'm this is the, the, the happening you know and so you know he could he could take me anywhere he could trust me, you know, with, with what I had. And 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 so I learned a lot from him, even outside of the stuff, that, the, the band, because a lot of stuff that we've done and I did, the band wasn't even involved in. You know, it was just hanging out.
1: What advice could you give to someone, uh, maybe who's learning drums or already plays, you know, in terms of, you know, what do you need to learn or to do to to really – have funk drumming down, what's key?
0: Well, there's no key to, fun. I mean, there's two things. That's got two questions in it. What do you need to learn to be a musician? there's number one. The music is what you need to learn. You need to learn all aspects of music. You need to learn how to read music. You need to learn how to compose music. You need to study with people or study people's music as a as a mold for it, for the music that you're going to start to attempt, uh, you need to cross all genres of music, classical, jazz, hip hop, R and B, soca, whatever, because you, you need to understand what it's like. Then you need to figure out what is it that you Uh-oh, am I fading out? And you know, once you once you once you've tackled. The instrument, whether it's drums, saxophone, piano, whatever it is, all the people that play it, um, and, and how and, and, and what it is they do with it, and learn yourself. Then it's just a matter of what is it you want to do as a musician? You just want to play music, just read music and play music? Do you want to contribute to the s- scheme of music? Do you want to create something that will enable the music to go to the next level? You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's kind of where your focus is. I mean, because there's a lot of great musicians, lots of them. All new, They do all kinds of different things. Uh, it's just deciding on where you want to go with it. Uh, a lot of people teach because they need to make the money. I mean, playing on the road and traveling. Believe me, that sounds glamorous and glorious, but you will get tired of it real soon. Um. so what is it What is it you're trying to do you know so that's the question I would have for a young musician what do you want to do like, maybe you don't know Uh, but then you should start following if you say you're interested in, say, in, in playing funk all right well then you know start looking at all the funksters that have come along you know the James Browns and the Bootsies and all that and you know Jamesons and all that <laughs> And say, where do I fit in this scheme, or do I don't want to fit in the scheme at all? I want to do something else, but I just want to utilize some of those those techniques. Uh, and you know, go hang out with with cats, go hang out with people, go set in with people. I mean, it, you have to just engulf yourself in this thing in order to figure out where it is you're trying to go with it. You know, fortunate for us, we had a guy. Who had a vision okay we didn't know and his vision became our vision okay and so as we move forward down the line like right now I have a young student who's Paul Spires who sings in the band Uh, he was my student in high school okay Mm -hmm. so mentoring so mentoring means also hanging out with people and finding people who can help you along the way Uh, all of those things kind of I would suggest that you do as a young musician to figure out what it is you're going to be able to do because you got to be able to pay the bills you got to go to school you got there's lots of other life things that come in children and wives and cars and all that stuff comes into your life okay so how do you manage that along with the music a lot of people get lost somewhere in that that mix and you know consequently they don't really pursue music or on the other hand, some people stay stuck in there and then their lifestyle becomes hazardous. you know So it's also a balance uh, of, of you know life and the music. Because the music's going to be there, and the music's not going to go anywhere. You'll never know it all, you'll never learn it all, you'll never be able to play it all, and it's going to be playing on long and then you'll ever be here. So you just figure out what it, part of this do I want to be part of? And that's what you grab onto, and it might take you. You might think that's what you want to do, even when you grab onto it. But it'll pull you somewhere else, and you might see something else, and go, oh, wow, this is hipper than that. You know, let's let's try that. So it, it's it's about being flexible, but having your foundation. As long as you have your fun- fundamentals of reading, writing, and interpreting and understanding music, developing your ear, your ear training, being able to utilize more than just your one instrument, because you should play multiple instruments. Um, uh, the mm. foundation of them all is the piano. Of course, you should always have uh, any musician that I talk to, they need to learn how to play the piano or guitar or something. Some, some fixed pitch instrument, you know, so that that, that harmonic thing can, can, can become a reality. And then, you know, it's, it's your choice. You know, so a funk drummer, man, you know, the main thing is go watch other funk drummers. And watch, with that, watch how the people react to the drumming, you know, and utilize those techniques until you start to develop your own.
1: You know, Keith, there's a debate online about funk, whether, you know, to be funk, the beat has to be on the one or not. How do you feel about that?
0: The beat has to be where the people feel it. The, the, the numbers don't don't matter. If it's on one, nine, or 15, it don't matter. It's where they feel it. Okay. If you want to, the scientists want to make it one, two, three, four, on one and three or two and one, fine. Y'all have fun with that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be watching this lady out here dancing to this group. And I guarantee if you walk up to her and say, Excuse me, honey, what beat is this on? Is this on nine or is this on one? <laughs> she's not going to be able to tell you. But she's going to be able to say, Oh, yeah. That's what it's at. Yes, yeah. That's what's up. I don't care how they scientifically want to (laughs) do anything you want to do. You know, it's a chicken and egg, whatever. Y'all can stay at that forever. (laughs) But the the reality of it is how people react to it.
1: Well, and in the drumming, I mean, you got to strike that balance, right, between technique and feel.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. pocket. I mean, you know, I, I, I can guarantee you, if you listen to a James Brown record, you will not hear a drum roll unless it's at the very beginning of a song or at the very end. Okay. Other than that, it is in the pocket. So all the interplay, I mean, even though the drummers were tricky, it was good stuff. It, it distracts from the beat. The cleaner the beat, the more room. That's why a triad is the strongest chord in music. Because it ain't but three notes, okay, and you can't go wrong with three notes. And in m- most music, period, they ain't but four chords. I can any, any hip music that I've ever heard. It's the four chords. There's a guy I used to do this thing for um little kids rock, and this guy did like ten thousand songs that all had the same four chord changes in them. You know what I'm saying? So that ought to tell you something about the audience that we play to, okay. Uh, the simpler, the better. The cleaner, the clearer, the easier for them to grab hold to it because they are not musicians. The only people that gets gassed by playing a sharp 9 flat 11 chord are musicians. Trust me.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it all goes back to the basic stuff like Chuck Berry or or Muddy Waters or,
0: you know, sure. that kind
1: of rhythm music. Chuck,
0: Br- Chuck Brown.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't need yeah. a lot of notes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you don't need a lot of notes, man. And you know, the funny thing is, and, and, and I made this comparison, What did what's the first thing John Coltrane did when he got away from playing all them ballads and all them, you know, with Miles Davis and all them bebop tunes? Create a vamp. Boom, boom, t-boom, boom, boom, boom. Because he felt, damn, now I can breathe. This I ain't got to play off through all these chords and all these knives and the lemons and sharps and rays and bottles. Man, I can just go, ain't but nothing in my way. Yeah, Man, that's what that's what the funk is. Yeah,
1: yeah. Miles understood that too. I think.
0: <clears throat> yeah. yeah.
1: Well, Keith, as you look back, what uh, do you have a, a, a Blackbird's track that happens to be your, your very favorite for some reason?
0: <laughs> well, my my most favorite song of all time for Blackbirds is "Soft and Easy." Um, it ain't nothing but drums, bass, piano, and, and piano and groove. And they, they they threw some little strings or something in there, but it, it it that is like the most one of the most naked, and it's a ballad that I'm bashing on. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not yes. playing real soft on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm playing full drum fills, and you know. But it's a ballad, you know. And uh, I, I just love that song, man. And it's got the
1: female vocal, too.
0: Yeah, the little, she's humming. And that was the secretary that, that worked in the studio, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, uh, being resourceful.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly right keeping it in the budget
1: <laughs> and what what would you say um you're most proud of musically speaking
0: um man well i've got a lot to be proud of um uh, i i i think what's what i'm proud most proud of is that that i was able to keep this band together after it seemed like it had gone... Down the river, you know, and maintain the quality of the music, the integrity of the 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 origin of it, uh, and keep a lot of Donald Byrd's principles in in intact. And that we are still to this day um, uh, healthy and able to still play this music. I mean, I, I couldn't be more proud of than that. Hmm.
1: Well, you know what? I think uh, we, we can end there. Um, okay, you know, do you have any um, other message to the, the fans out there?
0: Yes, that uh, we love them. Thank you for all the years that you've uh, put up with our nonsense, um, <laughs> and that uh, we look forward to seeing you somewhere along the road in the next several years. Uh, uh, we're trying to put together some things to do a soundtrack to a movie and some other things like that. You know, and um, I have a real good friend. Actually, he was one of my students. He plays with the group Roots, uh, Raymond Angry. And so Raymond Angry and and Quest Love want to kind of do uh, something with the Blackbirds. And, you know, Roots, they play Think Twice and Rock Creek Park and all that stuff anyway. So uh, it would just be a wonderful combination to do a small little tour with the Blackbirds and the Roots. So That'd yeah. be great, yeah. yeah that's cool.
1: um, and how can uh, people keep up with everything that's going on for the Blackbirds?
0: Uh, www.blackbirdmusic.com.
1: Outstanding, Keith. It's been yeah. so much of a, a great time talking to you. And, My pleasure. Uh, going down the uh, the history of the Blackbirds, <laughs> an yeah. group, you know. So keep it going. Thank you on behalf of all the viewers. Thank you so much for all the great music you've given us and that you continue to do so. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it.
1: All right. Take good care.
0: Okay, you too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bye for now. Ciao.
1: Hey, back at Truth and Rhythm Central, what a delight it was talking blackbirds with a man who kept all those irresistible beats. Like so many of the very best musicians, he allowed himself to be an open vessel for a broad range of styles and influences that informed and elevated his playing. So glad he and the band are still out there doing it fluid. Final thanks to Mr. Keith Kilgo for his generosity of time and sharing his timekeeping gift with us all. Also, sincere, sincere, either one, <laughs> a sincere thank you out to you, the viewers and supporters of this show. Keep it going. Spread the word. Um, need that support. It lives and thrives on that. So. Uh, speaking of which subscribe if you haven't already done. So click the subscribe button on the Funkin stuff channel at YouTube and I will connect you in with all things truth and rhythm You'll get early premieres and lots of fun stuff So be sure to do that spread the word also write me at Scott G at Let me know what you like maybe what you also want to see on the show Thoughts that you may have musical and even otherwise, you know what it's a two-way conversation And this is your show So keep it going. You will hear back from me promptly, I promise you, unless, you know, you're just trolling. (laughs) Hopefully, it won't be the case. So uh, much love to uh, everyone out there and, uh, you know, keep it real. That's what we try to do here about the truth and truth and rhythm. With that, Scott, Dr. James Goldfine, signing off as always, saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one.